the Full 10 Yards team is proud to present to you their 2020 NFL Season Guide. The boys have been working really hard this off-season to bring this to you. It's a guide of 130 pages and includes information on all 32 teams, including off-season wheeling and dealing, rookies, team and schedule information, along with fantasy football rankings and projections. It also includes a rookie's guide to American football, giving you an introduction into the game and an A to Z on some handy information and some of the penalties. All you have to do to get your hands on one of these guides is to go to Amazon and search for the full 10 yards season guide. You're going to get the 130 page guide and you're going to get the PDF for your mobile devices all for just a one-off payment of $10.99. It really is a good deal. Don't miss out. This is for everyone. Whether you've been watching the NFL for 10, 20, 30 years or whether you're new to the sport and you're just picking it up, this guide is for everyone. Eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You are joined by me, your host, David Davenport. And also in the huddle today, as ever, we have got Mr. Rob Grimwood and Mr. James Fotheringham. Rob, how are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, it's uh, good to be on a nice sunny Saturday uh, to discuss all things NFL. Super excited for tomorrow. Seven hours of commercial free football. (laughs) Come on, Scott Hansen. Let's get this going. I'm buzzing. Yeah, it's, it's always great having a Thursday night football game and just that, I, had, I literally had goosebumps on the back of my neck when that first kick, even though it's a kickoff for a touchback, as soon as you see that football in motion, it was, it was a special moment. But Thursday is just kind of like the teaser, it's kind of the warm-up for Sunday. And like I say, as soon as we get that seven hours of commercial free football, it will be a great moment indeed. And James, how about yourself? Football's back. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was so good. I didn't actually watch Thursday's one live, but I watched it as soon as I got up. I mean, the hardest game in the world is waking up on a Friday morning and trying to find no spoilers. It's <laughs> like, well, I can't open Instagram, can't open Twitter, can't open Facebook, can't open my NFL app, can't open any of my fantasy football leagues. It's like... Okay, this is good. I basically just leave the phone off. You've yeah. done your job as your alarm clock. Now I'll I'll put the football on in the background while I'm doing my work, maybe, and then we'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, no, nah, it's all exciting to be back. But Sunday night's where it's at. Yeah, very much so. And we've just recently uh, recruited somebody who is massively into the NFL at my work. And uh, on one hand, I was delighted because. I've got somebody to talk to football about at work for the first time because there's there's not many people there who well there's there's some people who have a vague understanding, but um, then I realised on Friday morning, oh, he's going to say something. <laughs> he's going to say, did you see the, did you see that? Did, and I was like, well, straight away, first first call I had, no no spoilers. That's it. Just I've not seen it all, um, no spoilers. But we've also got uh, football back as well. So uh, this afternoon I'll be watching the mighty crew Alexandra start their venture in League One at home to Charlton. So uh, it'd be weird not being able to, to go to the game this time. But yeah, it's weird having both both sports start on the same weekend. But at the same time, I'm absolutely delighted and I cannot wait to get going. So Thursday we saw the Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs. 
uh, to be honest, I was surprised to see that many people in the stands. It was um, 17,000, I believe, they had there. And we've, we've certainly got no plans of being able to get anything like those capacities in, in stadiums over, over here. So, Rob, what did you think of the game? Uh, yeah, it was um, it was a bit of an eye opener, wasn't it? How how bad Houston are, <laughs> how good Kansas City still are. Um, yeah, it was. I watched the first half. I couldn't. I could not keep my eyes open for the second half. I'd work in like two hours <laughs> when halftime kicked off, so I just physically couldn't do it. But um, but yeah, it was interesting to see. Uh, let's address the elephant in the room. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, he he did look pretty good. Um, but we all predicted it on on the on the fancy pod in the week. So so kudos to us for that. Um, I know we're going to talk about that in a minute. But yeah, it was it was good to see see that. I mean, I know I've been off him all off season. I, I'm going to stand by it. I still think he's he's not a top ten running back. But um, man, he, he he looked he looked good. He looked fresh. He looked good. Uh, Mahomes looked good as always. Uh, Deshaun Watson looked lost without DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Will Fuller had a good statistical statistical game, but he wasn't necessarily great on the field. Um, and and all hail David Johnson. It looks like he's back. He looked fantastic. Um, uh, you know, the thing for me is I had a discussion with my best mate about David Johnson saying, oh, David Johnson looks like he's back. And he sort of said, nah, he said, look at this, you know, the, the defensive line of Kansas isn't great. And, um, and I said, well, yeah, but for me, it's more the fact that David Johnson went off with an injury and then came back into the game. And it's how, it's how he's adapting to being the starting running back again. That was what I was looking for in, in, in Johnson, uh, did Johnson DJ. Um, and, and, it, and it worked. I thought he looked fantastic. So yeah, it was, um, it was, a, it was a good opening game um, and a good, uh, you know, a good indication to, to how the season's going to start off with a bang uh, this week as well. James, how did you how did you enjoy it when you when you got to catch up? I, I assume you've watched it. And this, this oh is gosh, a yeah. Spoiler show now for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who did what? Now no, it's it's funny because when you wake up and you see the scoreline eventually, and you, you you look at the end. If you looked at the end scoreline before you watched the game, you'd have thought ah, it was probably reasonably close. And then when you realise how much of Houston's sort of you know points were basically garbage time, effectively. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they 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 started they started well were terrible for the middle and then were okay at the end when it no longer mattered. So yeah. it was it was kind of a nightmare. As, I mean, I agree with Robin that David Johnson was probably the one Texan that came out of that looking good. Um, I'd, I'd say my faith in drafting him where I did in a few places feels pretty good at the moment. But again, we'll see. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. The interesting thing is he's, his start line looks fantastic. but And I've seen a few stats banded about saying that he had so many rushes in, in the red zone, you know, within like the five yard line. He had more than most people had the whole of last season. The thing with that was that he didn't actually convert more than one, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It, I think he had six attempts in the red zone. And yep. correct me if I'm wrong, was his touchdown actually outside the five yep. yards when he, when, yeah, from that play? So he had six rushes within the five that didn't go into the end zone. I, th- I think it was six so, rushes for like two yards. I think that's what the red yeah. zone production was, yeah. So if they were hoping to use him as a red zone threat, there's your first red flag. Mm. But his sort of longer game, so the sort of the big play rushes are going to be pretty good. Yeah. But if you want your sort of five-yard line battering ram, I suspect they might share that job round after this one. But well, they gave him the crack, which is fair play to Kansas. 
I, th- I think they're going to have to because, I mean, look at Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Does he look like a goal line back? N- not to me. He, he's, you know, he's it's a sort of between the between the numbers kind of guy. I, I, I don't ever think his role will be a goal line back. And I don't think the offensive line helped him either. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, going back to that stat, six rushes inside the five, which is exactly what Le'Veon Bell had all of last year. That's, that's the stat. More than Devin Singles. And probably the most alarming thing for me with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was uh, the fact that he got the same number of standard fantasy scoring points as half-point PPR points and standard score... uh, I'm sorry, full PPR points. He had no catches of the football Mm -hmm. on one target, which is worrying, like you say, for somebody that hasn't got that goal line ability. And people are saying, yeah, you've, you've got to be really pleased that um, they gave him the six carries with inside the, the five. But if he's not going to convert them, yeah. they're, going to, they're going to find another way to do it. Uh, whether that's Travis Kelsey or, or what, I, I don't know. But they are going to find, um, I don't, they've, they've not got not a goal. like they're struggling for receivers. No, but uh, <laughs> like you're, you're going to start to see people like Anthony Sherman maybe getting a, a goal line carry. I, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's worrying to see if he's not getting the receiving work and he's not able to, to convert those goal line carries. And with David Johnson, he did a lot with what he was given. It was a negative green game script for the Texans all the way through. He only had the 11 carries, but he did manage to take them for 77 rushing yards and a touchdown and also had three receptions for 32 yards. I thought he was great. Uh, Will Fuller, he nearly had a long touchdown, uh, but Deshaun Watson overthrew him. I thought he looked a little bit rusty in the game on um, on Thursday. I think he needs just a little bit of time more to settle in. And we've got to remember just how few games he's actually played with Will Fuller. Obviously, Will Fuller's been, been injured a lot throughout his career. He's got Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb. He's got a very new offense around him. So I think it will take a little bit of time to adapt. I'm not overly worried about the Texans because I thought that the Chiefs were very good because they've got a lot of continuity from last year and I think they will start to improve. But Rob, as a Colts fan, it must be uh, good to see a good thumping for the Texans in the first the first week. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I've always been on record to say that as an Indianapolis fan, I don't actually mind our division rivals. I've always said that. I don't mind Houston. I don't mind Jacksonville. I don't mind Tennessee. Uh, but yeah, I think it doesn't look good in Houston. I think Bill O'Brien... Um, I mean, he's a GM, so I don't know if he can sack himself. But you know, it's it, I don't know that that franchise just looks like it's going to struggle. And the next three weeks, um, they've got oh god, off the top of my head, um, they've got Minnesota, Baltimore, and um, I can't think of the, the third one they've got in the next in the next three weeks. But basically, you're looking at zero and four. Um, probably for the Houston Texans, they might sneak in a win. Um, but it's just going to be, it's going to be an uphill battle. And that's what you get when you trade away your best assets. And, you know, you, you've traded away the one guy that you go, you, you, oh, Pittsburgh. Sorry, that's the other one. So the Pittsburgh um, in week three, Minnesota week four and Baltimore next week. So yeah, uh, it, it's just when you trade away your best asset and the guy that you go through to get all of your, well, the majority of your, offensive yards and, and, and touchdowns and you don't replace him, it's going to be a struggle. It is going to be a struggle for Houston. Yeah, very much so. And James, what are your thoughts on Sammy Watkins? So obviously we talked about him on the show earlier in the week. Um, we said about how he likes to, to show up in week one and then um, 
he he comes out and he reproved it i want to just uh, set the record straight i meant what i said to start with uh when i corrected <laughs> myself i was only joking so yeah i did mean start him and uh i'll, I'll hold myself to that <laughs> but he he led the team in receptions with seven uh, receiving yards with 82 and joint top with receiving touchdowns with one uh, and they, they gave him he, he nearly had his, his touchdown where he, he reached and just had his elbow short of the short of the goal line, but they then gave him the ball back on the on the goal line to to convert the receiving touchdown. So are we gonna buy into the hype or is it just another one week where he's gonna satisfy your best ball lineups and then he's gonna fade away and McCall Hardman is gonna is gonna catch up? I think the Chiefs offense is is always gonna be a bit of a you know, you can't predict it from week to week who's going to be the feature. I mean, Kelsey still was effective for all, for all the fantasy teams, but he was probably quieter than what some might expect. Um, but Watkins had definitely had his one good game. It's whether he's now going to back that up with a few more. Um, I wouldn't expect it in the coming weeks, just because of the way that the Chiefs banned it about a bit. But... I think there's just going to be some games where Watkins is just effective and you've just got to try and call it. That's why I say he's, he's probably fantastic for best ball. And it's maybe, it's probably good news in a way that he's had such a decent game to start with because quite often with Sammy, you think you're only going to get like maybe three games a season that where you think he's going to make my best ball, you know, actual lineup that qualifies. And I think, having one of those in week one bodes well that he may get more than three and there's actually a chance he could be pretty effective. I mean, Tyreek Hill was quiet last night as well. Mm. Well, I say last night, it's a bit further ago now. I've slept <laughs> since. Um, but he, he had he had plenty of receive, receptions, but no touchdowns. So, which I think may have broken, I think that may have broken a few. He didn't, did he? Yeah, he had one receiving. Ah. Uh, Oh, that was it. He had the receiving touchdown, but he didn't go over 100 yards. That yeah, was yeah. It. Uh, I got my stats mixed around. I, had, I Basically, I had two bets on the game last night, and I got both of them the wrong way around. <laughs> I, had, I had Will Fuller to get a touchdown and Tyreek Hill to go over 100 yards. <laughs> so it wasn't, a, it wasn't a good night on the money front, but um, yeah... Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> but all in all, it is great to have football back on our screens. And like we said, that was just the taster for what is to come on Sunday. So we will dive straight into the matchups on Sunday now. And we will each select a matchup and we will talk about the players we like and we don't like in each of these, bringing you some injury updates as well. So, Rob, we'll start with you. And it is Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. Who are you liking? Who are you disliking in this? Um, I don't. Why did you give me this game? No, I, I, I will take it just because after doing my stat-based projections in the week, um, which will be available on our website uh, this evening, Saturday evening, um, I, you're <laughs> you're going to gasp at this. Uh, Cam Newton is my is my. It's not my, why do I always say that? <laughs> quarterback is my wide receiver because they're not they're, they're clearly my QB um, Cam Newton is my QB 
two on the week. Now, the reason why he's my QB two is because I've got him down with a rushing touchdown. I could just see it now. Um, you know, the rushing game in, in New England is very questionable. And if they've got anything inside the five, I think Cam Newton's going to be the guy to give it the first crack. So I've got Cam Newton down for a rushing touchdown. If he was, if I took take that rushing touchdown away, then he sits at QB 12. Um, so I think that's kind of a, a fair kind of, kind of slate. But um, yeah, that, it's a very tight group, that top 10 of mine this, this week. Uh, so he is my QB 2. Um, anyone else in that game I want to see what the backfield is going to do in Miami uh, I want to see if Ryan Fitzpatrick is still magic uh, I want to see who's going to be the beneficiary between Devonta Parker and Preston Williams uh, I want to see if Mike Yosicki is the red zone target I want to see if Nikhil Harry's used um, out wide I want to see if Julian Edelman is healthy I want to see who the New England tight end is who's going to be the new Gronk there's a lot of questions from this matchup, which I don't want to touch this week. I'm happy to see what's going to happen. And then week two, I'll start to introduce these teams, these, these players into my fantasy teams. But I am off a lot of these players this week just because there's so many questions. And James, we'll head over to you for the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington football team. Uh, an interesting off-season for Washington and obviously Philadelphia ravaged with injury. But who have you got to start and who have you got to sit in this one? Yeah, I think Washington are going to enjoy being able to play football rather than play politics. But um, it's, it's an interesting one. We, we now know for certain that um, Oshon Jeffrey's out, which is no surprise. But Jalen Ragor's made it. He's going to be playing, um, which it, he's not had an awful lot of practice time. So he may be, he's not, I wouldn't be wanting to start him this week purely because I don't see, you know, I feel like he's still going to need a bit longer to click. I don't think it's going to be instant. Um, which means Deshaun Jackson is looking like a good play. He, we, I think the bygones will be bygones with all the Twitter rant he had and you know, the, the reach out of the olive branch from Edelman as well. But um, I think Deshaun Jackson might be quite a good start. He's certainly in some of my um, DFS teams. Um, Dallas Goddard, I've mentioned on about every single podcast since the draft season started, um, and I still believe in that take. Um, Zach Ertz even came out this week saying he's not 100% certain where his future is with the Eagles, which, again, made me feel happier about having Goddard everywhere. Um, Carson Wentz, if he's fit, you play him, unless you've got a better option, which is unlikely. Um, Mar Sanders is still questionable, so that's one of the injury ones to look out for. And I would, I would even be tempted just to say, sit him this first week, because I, I am a bit worried about how little time he's you know, had in practice. On the Washington side, um, good luck guessing which running back is going to be the most effective, which wide receiver after Terry McLaurin is going to get any work. I think Scary Terry might be about your only Washington play, apart from maybe the defense, but I'm going to climb down a little bit on what I said earlier about Washington being a decent streamer. Now that Ray goes back and they have an extra option, it's a bit more questionable. But if Sanders is missing, maybe maybe I do stick with it. But anyway, um, I I wouldn't be starting Haskins unless you're in two QB and you're desperate. And yeah, I, I, it's another one of those where I would wait to see how the running back situation shakes out. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of those this week, and that is why the running back position was such a premium in in drafts this year. Because heading into the next game, Green Bay Packers at Minnesota Vikings. 
Um, Dalvin Cook, for all intents and purposes, is playing this weekend. So you're obviously going to start him, even though he's got Alexander Madison waiting in the background. And in Green Bay, we've still got Aaron Jones, who at this point we believe is going to be the, the bell car running back. But do you draft a running back in the second round of your draft, in AJ Dillon, if he is going to sit on the bench and... Apparently he looks good. Apparently he's a, a Derek Henry style, but his his, his thighs are something else. He <laughs> he makes Saquon Barkley's thighs look small. He's um, he is something else. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they play that this weekend. Uh, I am going to start Aaron Jones because I think at the draft price that you paid for him, even though I wasn't really touching him in drafts at the price he was going, I think you were going to have to start Aaron Jones with the with the price that you paid for him. Uh, similarly with Devontae Adams, you know that he is going to be the pretty much the only receiving option there for, for Aaron Rodgers. So he is matchup proof coming into this season. Uh, on the other side of the ball, we've got Adam Thielen. He is now the definitely the wide receiver one. And he's just one of those really consistent fantasy football players. He's not flashy. He's not going to score you 40 fantasy points in a week. However, he is going to be good for around that 70 to 100 yard mark and, and then a, a touchdown as well. And yeah, definitely starting Darwin Cook. And what I want to do is I want to start Justin Jefferson this week. So we don't know what he looks like. He's he's unknown. The Packers secondaries is not great. But Kirk Cousins, he's gonna he's got Kirk, he's got Stefan Diggs target share missing. So and apparently Justin Jefferson's looked really, really good in camp. The Vikings are really impressed with him. I am firing up. I am starting him. I am taking the plunge. It's got to be in a deep league, but bear in mind, um, he's going to be your your flex starter in 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 a deeper league. But where you've got him and where where you where you struggle a little bit, maybe you've had a um, well, that's a bit of a spoiler alert for later. But a Kenny Galladay or a, a Mike Evans injury, um, yeah, go go for Justin Jefferson. Do it. And then this time next week, I'll be, um, I'll, I'll be either. So, Even uh, though Alabiti Johnson is number two on the depth chart and they've rated him higher. Nope. Go well, that's blowing out the Vikings. You're <laughs> going to be able to uh, pick up Justin Jefferson in our big Madden style fantasy league because I'm going to be dropping him today. <laughs> no, I am going Justin Jefferson. Um, the, the depth charts are done by the PR teams, not the coaches. True. So. That is true. So. Um, yeah, BC Johnson. Yeah, he's all right. But no, Justin Jefferson, let's go. Um, and Irv Smith, yeah, I think he, I think he's just got, still got a few more weeks before he fully takes the role of Kyle Rudolph. So uh, I'm, I'm just leaving him on the bench for a little bit further. And Alan Lazard, who we believe is going to be the wide receiver too, but I don't know. So I'm, I'm not touching any other wide receiver in Green Bay this week, apart from Devontae Adams, until a clear cut number two emerges out of there. Okay, moving on to the Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Please, Rob. Oh, that's fell perfectly, hasn't it? Oh, I'll rub my hands together on this one. Um, yeah, it, obviously, uh, I did say on, on a podcast in, in the week, I think it was this podcast, uh, where I said I'd be disappointed if Indy doesn't smash Jacksonville this week. Um, uh, as much as T.Y. Hilton's been on my bus list very much this year, uh, I still think he's going to be uh, have a good game. Um it's a lot. Of, like, I don't want to sound like a broken record, um, but talking about the Miami and New England game, this game very much is 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 a question. It's a question of who takes the wide receiver two role in Indy. Is it Paris Campbell? Is it um, uh, Mark Pittman, the, the rookie, um, or you know, does Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton mix together to make some sort of Paris Paris Hilton going on? Um, <laughs> 
you know, it, and the tight end position as well. Um, Trey Burton is, is, is out, so, you know, Jack Doyle is going to be the main guy. But the biggest question in Indianapolis is, of course, at the running back position, Marlon Mack versus uh, Jonathan Taylor. I think it's going to be very much a split backfield for the first few weeks. Um, but it is against Jacksonville, so one of these guys could go off, and it could well be welcome to the NFL, Jonathan Taylor. Um, so here's my bold prediction for this game: is that Jonathan Taylor is going to have over 100 rushing yards today, uh, tomorrow. Um, so looking forward to seeing that. Uh, whilst I'm eating me popcorn, pizza, and chicken wings, and Chinese and chocolate and um, so yeah that, that's very much the indie forecast Jacksonville it's DJ Chark he's the only guy that you're starting tomorrow uh, maybe Gardner Minchu if you, if, you, if you really really want to um, but the backfield you're staying away from because you want to see how that develops with James Robinson uh, reportedly being the RB1 there Chris Thompson obviously the pass catching back the, you're staying away today from this uh, from this uh, tomorrow he said today I'm just super excited I'm, I'm buzzing for this for this so much I keep thinking today uh, tomorrow you're, you're you know you're, you're waiting on those two guys to see what they do um, and any other option pass catching option in Jacksonville is again you're staying and wait LaVisca Chenault is another one that it, you could start as a flex in a deep deep league if you need to because I think he might get some rushing work as well as some receiving work but yeah it's it's DJ Chark T.Y. Hilton um, and Jonathan Taylor they're my three starts from, from this game I was going to say, we, we can't have a segment without you recommending uh, LaVisca. LaVisca! <laughs> LaVisca! <laughs> oh, good. So, James, we move over to you, and it is the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. Who have you got? So, big news, obviously, of late is that Kenny Galladay is doubtful, if not already ruled out, probably by the time you listen to this. So, um, fire up Marvin Jones. Um after that, it makes Danny Amendola become playable in deep leagues and maybe DFS. Uh, it certainly makes TJ Hawkinson a tight end that's worth starting now, unless you have better options. But I suspect when most people have drafted Hawkinson, they'll draft him as their tight end one. Um, I'd say that running back room is so crowded that it's another one of those wait and see how it happens. Carry on Johnson still, it's probably one of those weeks where he can be relevant, but will he? DeAndre Swift, I don't think he's going to be ready for this bit yet. And Adrian Peterson's still getting, you know, getting, well, getting his locker set up probably. Um, so if you play any of the three, I would be playing carry on, but I would be very cautious in doing so. Matt Stafford, I think you've got to start anyway, regardless, because I think he went so high in drafts as well. But I think a lot of people, and me included, do believe, believe in him. As long as he is 100% injury-free for once, it would be you know, nice to see him have a good season. Um, on Chicago front, now that Trubisky's been proven as the starter, it's Allen Robinson and nobody else on that offense. Um, I'm sorry, in the receiving front. Um, David Montgomery's made it. He's going to be playing by the looks of things, um, even though we all held our breath. Well, some of us held our breath in that after the um, injury in preseason, but he's ready to play. And... This isn't actually a bad matchup to play him. It's just the sort of loss of practice time that's my only real concern. Um, I suspect most people who have him may be forced into playing him, but it could be a bit of a tight one. But I'd say I'm verging on going for it at the moment with some of the teams I've got. Um, don't start Trubisky unless you're desperate. Um, and beyond that, it's just the two defences. And... I think both defences are playable, certainly, because both offences have got either injuries or question marks. 
So, yeah, the Lions are okay to push, and the Bears went quite early because they're still decent, but we will have to find out. So, it'll be, it's one of those games that I don't think a lot of people are really excited about. And now Golladay's gone. It was like the biggest draw of that game has also gone. So, this one's probably not going to get a lot of attention. One, one thing I will just say about you just said about uh, Mitch Trubisky, and I completely agree. Mitch Trubisky is a terrible quarterback, and you don't really want to be, you know, edging your bets on on him and your fancy team. But he has gone for I think it's over six hundred yards and six touchdowns the last two games against Detroit. So he does tend to have really good games against Detroit. Um, they've obviously lost to, uh, Darius Slay um, in in their uh, defensive secondary. So I, actually, Trubisky's my sixth RB six this week in my rankings, which is a bit of an out outreach. But history dictates he has a good game against Detroit. So why not? Bodes well for Alan Robinson in that regard. Mm. Yeah. Say what? Which one of their? Well, didn't we joke in the preseason how Chicago started with like eight tight ends on their roster, and now yeah. we're down to about two. So. Um, yeah. But still, don't play them. I think Jimmy Graham might still be the tight end one on that team, which is enough for me mm. to say fade. Yeah, definitely fade. I can't believe Jimmy Graham's still going. Like, I don't know if Jimmy Graham <laughs> believes Jimmy Graham is still going. <laughs> <laughs> he just seems to have been in the league forever. Well, one thing I will, what one thing I will say about about their. To tight end. I know we're, we're going to try and get through these games a bit quicker, but um, Cole Komet is, is from Notre Dame. He's my college who I follow at, um, at college level. Uh, he's a really good receiving tight end. So it could be a possibility that he starts to get integrated, but it's week one with a rookie tight end. You're not going to trust him this week for sure. Yeah. And then moving over to the Carolina, oh, sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, if you were even considering not starting him, then you are crazy. Uh, he was your first pick in your draft, so you are starting him without a shadow of a doubt. He's the only Carolina Panther that I'm starting this week. I want to see the target share. I know you've probably paid a higher premium for DJ Moore, so you feel like you have to put him in there, but you've got Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, Ian Thomas. You've got so many receiving options there that I'm really not sure who I want to play. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, nah, I'm not starting him this week unless it is a super flex league, but I am really intrigued to see to see how that offense is going to go. Uh, I've never seen a bigger injury report than the Carolina Panthers one, to be fair. There's about... 20 25 players on it, it is crazy, but all look to be playing apart from Dennis Daly, the, the guard. Um, and over to the Raiders, this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, Josh mm. Jacobs again, he is a start because of the price that you paid for him in your draft, Absolutely. and I think he's going to be great anyway. But um, he is um, he's a start based on his draft capital and the receiving options here. What on earth are we doing? I think Darren Waller is going to start because. You drafted him as your tight end one because he was the, the fourth tight end going in, in most drafts. But is it Brooks season? Is it Aguilar? Is it uh, Brian, Brian, Edwards. Oh, sorry, Brian Edwards season? <laughs> of course it is. That's Twitter. Twitter seems to believe it's Brian Edwards mm. season. So there are so many different options there. And then, of course, we've got Foster Moreau, Jason Witten at the tight end room as well. So... I really want to have a week of just watching this offense against Carolina. I I have got Henry Ruggs um, and Brian Edwards and 
Darren Waller, all for 14 PPR points this week. All three of them. So, yeah, pick your poison. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's, there's going to be points there, which for me means that Derek Carr is going to be the beneficiary of here. And he wasn't disastrous last season. He was he was a sneaky okay last year, shall we say, um, from a fantasy perspective. So I'd rather be starting him than Teddy Bridgewater this week. So they're the Raiders that I would like to start. Rob? New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I'm looking forward to if this game is is I don't know, this game's a bit of a dead rubber already, already isn't it? Because you know the the Jets and the Bills, you know, don't scream fantasy goodness. Um but what I will do is quickly break down uh, the Bills Josh Allen is is fine in fantasy. Obviously, you know you've got the rushing upside, the 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 backfield, the the running backs, I'm staying away from for this week, I want to see what their roles are. Is Zach Moss going to be the guy inside the 20? Is Devin Singletary, uh, you know, going to have all of the rest of the work? Who's going to be the pass catching back? I want to see that. Um, the wide receiver is going to be steady. I think John Brown and uh, Stefan Diggs, you pick your poison to which one you think is going to get a touchdown. Uh, but the one guy I'm really excited about for this game for the Bills is Dawson Knox, his second year tight end. who had a really good season last year, uh, quietly. Uh, and now the one thing I will say, when I look at tight ends and their weekly value I look at who they're facing defensively now when you look at the Jets which one of you can name me the Jets starting safety I bet you can't because he's in Seattle his name's Jamal Adams and they let they let him go um and linebacker CJ Mosey's out for the year he's on the IR uh, well he's I think he's opted out for COVID reasons so defensively the, the players that defend the tight ends, they're, not, they're non-existent in, in the Jets. So I, I wonder if Dawson Knox, I've got him as my tight end 12, um, but I wonder, he, this could be a kind of game where I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple of touchdowns go his way if they're, if they're in and around the five. Uh, so he could be a very nice start on your DFS lineups, DraftKings. As for the Jets, I, I Le'Veon Bell, I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I think volume's going to be key for him. So I'm starting him. I'm not touching Sam Darnold. I'm not touching any wide receivers. Chris Herndon might have a nice game over the middle, but again, there's probably better options at tight end. So really for me, this is a, a bit of a, it's a bit of a, uh, a stay away from fantasy purposes, but I will take a flyer on Dawson Knox. Wonderful. And we go back to you, James, for the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. Which to me feels like the opposite. And so this is a game where fantasy owners might be excited. Obviously, Lamar Jackson, you start. No need to even explain. Um, Mark Ingram, I think, is still your starting running back for um, the Ravens. And I still think he's startable in fantasy leagues because I think the transition will happen gradually over the season. But I think Ingram will get the work early on. Um, so I still think you start him and you leave J.K. Dobbins on your bench until you know what he's doing. I don't think you're going to get out of Dobbins what we got out of Edwards Hilaire just because of the you know the situation, the fact that you have Ingram ahead. Um, Marquise Brown, I think, is startable, but it's probably going to be sort of the flex decision you're going to have to make with with your roster construction. And Mark Andrews again is is a insta start unless you for whatever reason, pits Kelsey and Kittle ahead of him and have no space on your flex. Um, Cleveland side, Baker Mayfield's been a bit of a troublesome sort of person in terms of to put on your team in many ways. He's slid down draft boards, but he has two of the, you know, two really, really high-end wide receivers in Landry and Odell Beckham. 
Um, I feel comfortable starting both. Not necessarily on the same team, but um, comfortable is one word, but not exactly excited at the moment. The Ravens' defense is still a good outfit, and I still, I still have concerns, but it, for as long as Odell Beckham is bleached blonde, I'll start him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the less of the brown jokes, the better. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we're not, we'll not go there. He's um, been the butt of all jokes this week, hasn't he? <laughs> uh, whereas Jarvis Landry, again, should still be there. After that, I'm, I want to wait on Austin Hooper until I know that the Browns are capable of supporting a tight end in fantasy. Baker, I want to see that he's sort of ironed out some of the turnovers and then leaves us with Chubb and Hunt, where Nick Chubb, I think, is a definite start. And Kareem Hunt in PPR is also probably a likely start in most teams. Um, I suspect that there might be a few teams where that is like your flex decision, maybe you know, between Marquise Brown and Kareem Hunt, which one you'd start in that combo. I'm not actually sure. I think I'd go Brown just. But um, yeah, that's that's going to be that's going to be one where there's quite a few, there's a chance for quite a few people to score good points. There is, and similarly in the Seahawks at Falcons game, I think this one is going to be a fun offensive high-scoring game. Uh, on the Seahawks side of the ball, we have got Lockett, Metcalf, and Russell Wilson, who I'm putting into my rosters just straight away. They are going straight in from a running back perspective. I'm going to play Carson, but I'm not going to feel good about it. Um, I think they have said that Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson are going to get carries this week. So watching that timeshare will be an interesting one moving forwards. I think this could be maybe the last potential week that I do start Chris Carson if Carlos Hyde is able to come in and have a, a serviceable role. Then on the opposite side of the ball, uh, sorry, tight ends in Seattle, um, Will Disley is on the injury report with his Achilles, so I'm not starting him. And of course, we've got Greg Olson there and Hollister and Wilson. It's just it's just a mess, that tight end room. So I'm not starting anybody until I can see a clear pattern. I'm just hoping I can get Will Disley back from injury because he was incredible in the games that he played last year. Then on the other side of the ball, we have got the Atlanta Falcons, but Leo Jones has cropped up on the injury report with a light practice yesterday due to a hamstring injury. So keep an eye out for that one headed into the weekend. Whether it's precautionary, whether it's um, going to stop him from, from playing, it's it just seems that all, all these top wide receivers are getting hamstring injuries. And that's probably because we've not seen the preseason. They've not had the chance to, to test them out fully. And yes, they're, they're professional athletes. They are trained and they are playing in practice and stuff like that. But they aren't getting these actual game reps, which is probably why we're going to see so many injuries headed into to week one of this kind of nature. Uh, Todd Gurley, I am firing up. Again, the draft capital that you've paid for him, he is probably your running back too, so you're going to have to start him in your lineup. But I don't feel bad about it, um, as long as he can get some passing work and plenty of carries in that game. And then Calvin Ridley, he is Chris Godwin of this year. He's going to he's gonna go eight. He, if Julio Jones is out, he's clear-cut wide receiver one in that offense, and he's going to get the ball a lot of times, so fire him up. And Hayden Hurst, 
Go for it. Let's go. He is the third receiving option in the offense. If we can have even three quarters of the of the targets that Austin Hooper got in that offense last year, he, he's going to be good. I know we talked about him on the podcast on Tuesday, and you may want you you've not drafted him as your wide receiver. Uh, sorry, as your tight end one. So it is unlikely that you're going to be in a position where you have to start him this week because. If you've if you haven't started tight end in the flex in week one, then something's gone pretty wrong in your draft. But yeah, don't start him if you if you if you've got the ability to. But he's he's not going to be your tight end tight end one this week. So that is the that is the early games boxed off. We head into the later on games, and Robert, it's back over to you with the LA Chargers at the Cincinnati Bengals. This will be an interesting one. Yeah, very much so. Um... I've got some reservations here um, about Cincinnati. Um, I think it's the Mixon show today. I, th- I think Joe Mixon is a top five running back for me on the week. Um, I think he has a very good game, uh, simply because I don't think they're going to get the passing game going too much. Um, sure, Derwin James is out for, for the season. He's not going to be there. But you've got Chris Harris, who's likely going to be taking on Tyler Boyd. You've got Katie Hayward, who's going to be locking down AJ Green. AJ Green, okay, AJ Green. If there's a player, if there's a wide receiver that I'm playing, it's AJ Green, just because if he is back to being his old self, then he is elite. He is matchup proof. I've got big question marks over AJ Green, whether he is still that guy. So I'm not touching him today, uh, tomorrow. God, I keep doing that, isn't it? That's well annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then, yeah, I mean, all over the, the Chargers defense. Like I said, you've got Chris Harris, Casey Hayward. Uh, then you've got Nasir Adderley. I think Desmond King's going to sort of slide into that free safety role. Uh, Denzel Perriman, Mark, Melvin Ingram, that defense is just loaded. Uh, so my first recommendation today uh, for, for the DST starts is the Los Angeles Chargers. I think they're going to get after Joe Burrow. Uh, I don't think Joe Burrow is going to have quite the introduction that we were expecting him to have in the NFL. I think he's going to have a hard go of it. Uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, Keenan Allen, he is going to be a PPR machine. 12, 13, 14 targets. That's what I'm predicting uh, th- this week uh, in that range. Um, running backs, uh, yeah, okay. Austin Eckler is in a, t- is a t- RB1 for me this week. Um, so if you've got him, you're starting him. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, Hunter Henry's got some uh, red zone upside, I suppose. Uh, who is the wide receiver two in the charge? Because I think Mike, is Mike Williams out? Is he out? I, I haven't even seen a report recently about him. I don't think he's officially out Yeah, I think he's doubtful. doubtful. But so I'm who not takes to play him? If who takes the RWR two role there? I mean, is it the rookie Joe Reed? I, I don't know. So yeah, that's that's another reason why I'm going heavy on Keenan Allen in PPR leagues, just because he's going to get fed the ball like nonstop uh, from Tara Taylor. Tara Taylor's a good um, sort of upside player as well. He's going to use his legs. Um, he could be a nice little sleeper. Whether you're starting him or not, though, I, I imagine you've probably drafted a QB that's higher rated than, than Tyrod to start week one. But again, DFS um, in your DraftKings lineup, Tyrod Taylor would be a nice little start. And James, we move over to you. It is the Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers. So yeah, my yeah, I have a reservation here, and that's the hype train has a reserve seat on the George Kittle Express. Um, so Arizona have never been well in recent times have been terrible against the tight end, and San Francisco's main offensive weapon is their tight end. So um, yeah, my DFS rosters have centered around Kittle as my main focal point. So there's your definite start. Um, it makes Jimmy Garoppolo a tempting prospect, but I wouldn't not in a one QB league. 
I still don't think there's much around. I actually have a bit of a suspicion that the 49ers might run the ball a lot here. Um, but again, this is where it gets tricky. Raheem Master, Tevin Coleman were, are both, and Jared McKinnon, I think all three are going to get quite a lot of work. And it's going to be the one that you want is the one that puts it in the end zone the most times. And I'm, I can't call it. I think this is... It's not one where I can say start McKinnon, but I, there is he could be a fantastic DFS play or a best ball play if you have him. Um, but if you have Moster in your team, I think you can take the gamble because he even his, I think his floor is going to be quite high. So I think he's probably quite a safe play. In terms of wide receivers, now we know Debo Samuel's out. Brandon Ayuk's not looking fantastic. So Kendrick Bourne effectively becomes the only wide receiving option playable. And it's going to be good value and a good option if you are, again, struggling with injuries. You've had your wide receiver, one of your wide receivers like Golladay go down. Um, so Kendrick Bourne, we mentioned on the previous pod anyway. Mm. Um, in terms of Arizona, um, Kyler Murray is an instant start on the basis of where you drafted him. I think you obviously DeAndre Hopkins is on the same boat. I think Kenyon Drake is in the same boat, unless you're Rob. Um, <laughs> fade, but, fade, fade. <laughs> nah, I, I, I think Drake will struggle in this game, and Rob's going to look fantastic. And then later on in the season, he might pick up. But I, I, Drake's one of those where. If, if there's a week where I'm going to get cute with it and not play him, even if I drafted him in, you know, an early, you know, in the first three or four rounds, then this might actually be one of them just because I don't fancy the matchup at all. Um, Christian Kirk is probably the one person I'm going to highlight because this is going to, it's going to be an interesting one because if the coverage goes heavy on Hopkins, Kirk could find himself open and he's probably got, he's got more chemistry in terms of playing time with Kyler than Hopkins does. And while, yes, you're going to want to target your dominant receiver, as the Texans found out on Thursday night, you know, if you don't have him, it's a struggle. Um, I think Kirk could be quite a good beneficiary and is a sneaky flex play in a lot of leagues, um, especially in the deeper ones. So, yeah, and Arizona tight end don't really go together. So don't unless, unless you are absolute in a, like a three tight end start league, and Dan Arnold's there. Okay. But um, <laughs> who does those? So, um, yeah, I think de- defense-wise, I, f- I still fancy the 49ers defense. If you've drafted them, you probably had to pick them earlier than the last round. So you're pretty much choosing that hill, whether you die on it or not. But, um, yeah, I think it's – and the Cardinals just don't. Just for the record – uh, Ken, Ken, Kenya Drake is my running back 34 on the week. <laughs> I have got uh, Latavius Murray, Adrian Peterson, Raheem Mostert, Leonard Fournette, and Naheem Hines in front of him. That is where I stand. I definitely, definitely would. I would. It's, it's crazy to even think that I would say I would start Naeem Hines over Kenyon Drake. I wouldn't have the bottle to do it if I was looking at my team, but if I look at the stats and how I feel about the matchups, I would. 
Well, it's interesting. Sorry, just to go off on a quick, really quick tangent here. Uh, I, I did say to you boys in the week about the indie uh, running backs, and I've already spoke about indie, but I've, it's a bizarre thing that I've got uh, one running back uh, as my RB1 in indie for standard scoring, a different running back for my RB1 in indie for my 0.5, and a third different for my PPR. I've got Mac as my uh, standard, Jonathan Taylor as my 0.5, and Naheem Hines as my PPR guy. It's really weird how that stat projection has worked out this week. Yeah, that's quite incredible. So just to be clear, Rob, do you yes. like Kenyon Drake or not? Um, <laughs> well, if you, if you want some clarity on it, uh, the answer would be go watch three and a half years of Kenyon Drake in Miami, then you can tell me yourself whether you like him or not. <laughs> I feel like we lost the segue, because I said about you know San Francisco dropping there and dying on a hill, and then is the next game Tampa Bay and Leonard Fournette? <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> poor Dave oh got connection issues oh oh straight into, <laughs> straight into Cowboys at Rams <laughs> uh, no, what I will just say is how good are these three late games on Sunday yeah they're great they're really Chargers, good Chargers, Bengals Cardinals, Niners and Bucks, Saints like as a Niners fan yeah I'll be watching the, the Niners game but there'll be other, those other two games on where I'm just like kind of like one eye on each kind of thing it will be um yeah, they're going to be really three good games. So, New Orleans, uh, start Michael Thomas. It is a no-brainer. Just he, yeah. whoever, whoever you're playing against, just he's, he's in your lineup. And Emmanuel Sanders, um, I think he's going to be an interesting one in, in uh, New Orleans this year. He is the best wide receiver, too, that Breeze has had for so long. And what I find incredible about Manny is the quality of quarterbacks that he has had throughout his career you get you get some um wide receivers that have historically never had a decent quarterback and then all of a sudden you've got players like Emmanuel Sanders he's had Big Ben he's had Peyton Manning he's had Jimmy Garoppolo he's had Drew Brees uh, I thought I'd get more of a bite out of putting Jimmy Garoppolo in that um in that famous <laughs> company but uh <laughs> That fell a bit flat. Um, so, yeah, I think I think he's going to be a start this week. I think he's a good option. And Alvin Kamara is going to be an interesting one. Last year, the books were historically good against the run. It was, it was incredible how good they were. And regression dictates that they're not going to be as good against the run this year. Obviously, we've had the, the Alvin Kamara. I think the media has made more of the the Alvin Kamara contract situation than Alvin Kamara and the, the Saints have. Like, I think in the, the Saints, they seem pretty pretty chill about it, but the media has, has blown it up into this whirlwind that Alvin Kamara could hold out. But again, where you've drafted him, he's a first-round pick. You, you can't sit him, even though the, the Saints were good. And Christian McCaffrey last year, he had uh, one okay game against the uh, Bucks, but one great game. So they are good against the run, but players like Kamara, he doesn't just rely... On the, on the run, he, he's got other weapons as well. So you, you're not you're not considering sitting Kamara this week. Jared Cook, I'm not sold on. I'm not sold on Jared Cook. He he's getting on, so I'm, I'm not starting him this week. Um, especially with Manny Sanders there now, the, the Saints have got too many other receiving options there to be to be worrying about starting Jared Cook. Then on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers side. Wow, what a <laughs> what a dilemma this is going to be. Uh, Tom Brady, let's go. Let's go with it. He yep. is is the GOAT, so let's let's play him. He has got plenty of receiving options, whoever is going to be playing or sitting. So, yeah, I am rolling with Tom Brady. Uh, Mike Evans, he 
what's he officially listed as? He's doubtful. doubtful. So even if he goes, it'll be a decoy at best. And a player like Mike Evans uh, to have a hamstring injury, I am not starting him with any confidence whatsoever. So even if he does start for the Buccaneers, it could just be a decoy. So I am not starting him in my fantasy football lineups. Uh, Chris Godwin, however, uh, yes, fully rolling with him, particularly where you drafted him and because uh, the targets will be going to him as opposed to Evans. In the tight end room, Rob Gronkowski, I am not buying into the to the Rob Gronkowski hype until I have seen it live in person. Of course, Gronk and Brady, best mates, but I don't believe that he will have had a year of disciplined hard work. And he, yeah, he, he didn't look particularly great just before he retired. So I am not starting Rob Gronkowski this week. Do you think there's it will be the most Brady Gronk thing just to have a touchdown this week though? Surely I can see it. Can you not see it? You know, it probably is one reception for a touchdown, but I can see it. Yeah, I feel like it's a good considering he's been doing his stuff on um, sort of you know prime time TV in some kind of mask in a singing contest. You, you are, I am almost certain he's going to get a touchdown and find some way of crowbarring that into his celebration. It's <laughs> If I could find a market on it, I would be putting money on it. Um, especially now Mike Evans is out, I feel he has a chance. Okay, here's the advice. Sit Gronk, but put a, touch, uh, put a bet on him scoring a touchdown. That's, uh, that is Solid. the advice. Yeah. And then we go over to the running back room. Wowzers. <laughs> what on earth? Uh, Dare Ngumbawale has uh, obviously left the running back room, which uh, does that even clear it up anymore? No, it doesn't. But we've got Leonard from there. We've got Shady McCoy and we've got Ronald Jones there. All are going to get work. All are going to get carries. I am not starting any of them this week and that may be a bold statement to say particularly where I did draft Leonard Fournette in in some of my drafts but 101 (laughs) (laughs) look we we, we can't we we can't dictate (laughs) trades (laughs) (laughs) we we can't dictate what would have happened to to Leonard Fournette he he was worth drafting where he was drafted on the on the Jaguars, but now he's now he's sharing carries with with Ronald Jones. I'm not starting anybody this week um, until I have seen a sample of of what that backfield looks like. And again, massive apologies to anybody that took London Fournette upon my advice, but <laughs> we are not starting him this week. So yeah, those three games are so good. I can't wait for those three. That's going to be a great uh, couple of hours there. And then we head into Sunday night football and yeah. it keeps going. We're going to see the debut of SoFi Stadium and it is Dallas Cowboys at LA Rom- Roms. The LA Roms. <laughs> <laughs> right. Some kind of... Uh, nice the Silicon thing. Valley version. The yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Rob, will you uh, take a look yeah. at that one for us, please? Yeah, and there's only one way we started this. Dave, put that drop in. Always Jarwin. It's Blake Jarwin time, and I have got him as a top five tight end this week. I am all over the hashtag, always Jarwin, six receptions, 62 yards, and a touchdown is my stat line. Uh, could easily be two touchdowns as well. Uh, start Blake Jarwin, trust in the always Jarwin. 
uh, we're going off. Um, now, let's break it down a bit more. Um, Amari Cooper is going to have Jalen Ramsey. He's going to be shut down. Amari Cooper is no good at getting shut down corners. That's a fact. Um, so I would I'd be tempted to, to sit Amari Cooper this week. Um, he's, he's flighty. And like I said, when he has an elite corner on him, he doesn't get much work. Um, that's why Michael Gallup is my wide receiver one in uh, in Dallas this week. Uh, I think he gets a touchdown. I think he gets some good work. Um, so start Gallup, sit Cooper would be my bold take for this one. I think that goes against the grain. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is going to fly. Um, this is the kind of game where Ezekiel Elliott is, is good in uh, when you've got a weakened linebacker core in, in, in the Rams. Um, as long as you can escape the uh, the oncoming Aaron Donald train, I think Ezekiel Elliott can, uh, can, can find some space in the sort of the back third there. So yeah, um, Ezekiel Elliott, obviously you're starting him. Um, Dak Prescott, Fine start this week. Got no no qualms about him. I think rushing upsides there. He might get 20, 30 yards on the ground uh, and a couple of touchdowns. So, yeah, all on uh, Dak Prescott. Heading over to the Los Angeles Rams. Some question marks here with the backfield. How's it going to pan out? Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Hansen. Pick your poison. Don't start any of them. <laughs> um, Jared Goff, again, fine start. I think he's going to have a lot of air yards. Um, I do think Cooper Cup and, and Robert Woods are going to be utilised a lot in the passing game. So that obviously all bears back to, to Jared Goff. Um, so start Jared Goff, start Cooper Cup. He's a top five receiver for me this week. Uh, Robert Woods should be steady. Um, I, I cannot get, I'm sorry for all of you Tyler Higby truth is out there. I cannot get on board. I think he's good, but I don't think he's great. I think he has a sort of average day. I'd be tempted to start others. Yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm not on the Higby hype train. And when you've got Blake Jarwin, exactly, exactly. And, yeah, and name me a Rams linebacker. Samuel Ebokum. Oh, well, that's disproved my point. But <laughs> <laughs> there is a, um, he's, he's the only decent one, and he's more of a he's like edge guy. Um, yeah, yeah the, 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 the linebacking core is very depleted in the Rams. It's probably one of their weak points. Um, so, yeah. Fire up, hashtag always Jarwin. James, will you please take a look at the Monday night matchup between, well, this is, this is what I love this about the first week of the season where you've got the double header because it means that the first Monday night game starts that little bit earlier. So it's not quite as much sleep deprivation because no one's staying up for the second game. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I digress. James, talk us through the Steelers at the Giants. Like the way it's fallen so that me and Rob get our favourite teams and you didn't. That's uh, yeah, I, missed, I nearly, nearly swapped them around. But, um, you, should, you should have done. I'd have been fine. But uh, anyway. Oh, it could have been fine. It was, the, it was the Buccaneers and Saints that you'd have been talking about. So. <laughs> <laughs> that have been more Fournette and that hill. But um, nah, Steelers, Steelers and Giants. So this, uh, as a Steelers fan, it's trying not to be Homer, but also fancying them in this at the same time. Um, Big Ben, I feel comfortable starting in general in this one even though it's an away game and um, we've always said big well it used to be over the years that Big Ben is just terrible on the road and fantastic at home but sort of in his last fully fit season he was pretty decent at both and the Giants defense even though it's better it's still not good in my opinion so I'm happy starting Big Ben I'm happy starting Juju Everyone else in terms of the wide receivers, I'm waiting to see how it shakes out. Deontay Johnson's obviously the one with all the hype and all the draft capital, but I still want to see it. I mean, Chase Claypool, 
Deontay Johnson and James Washington are all still there. You've got two tight ends who can catch the ball in Vance McDonald and Eric Ebron. Ebron probably isn't going to be your starting tight end, but he is a decent option if you're willing to just gamble on there being, you know, him basically getting a touchdown, which is pretty much what he's there for. But with the way that this game script should pan out, Ebron feels quite a good idea at the moment. James Connett, while he's fit, you play him because that's what the Steelers are going to do. They're going to play him until he's not fit enough to play. Um, and the Steelers' defense is, well, it's been rated number one in a lot of places. And for this matchup, I'm pretty happy to go with that. Especially as, flipping over onto the other side, Daniel Jones, he's okay, but I wouldn't want to start him here. Golden Tate is questionable, which is hilarious considering I mentioned how he'd only missed games due to suspension, not injury for the last two years. And what does he go and do? (laughs) Typical. Um, But what that does do is it maybe clears the air a little bit for Darius Slate and Sterling Shepard and and Evan Engram to get targets. And, you know, one of your other target pay, you know, target hogs essentially is gone as well. So you are... They're all, they're all pl- more playable than they were with Tate around. They're still... I wouldn't really fancy any of them unless, you know, it's a deep league and you're, you need one for your flex. Um, Saquon is just the obvious insta start. I don't... It doesn't matter who you're against, even if the Sears are the best defense, uh, you would still be starting Saquon in the same way that I would start McCaffrey, for example. Um, and, yeah, the Giants defense... Even though the Steelers' offense isn't the most heralded, I'd still be avoiding it. Fantastic. And then we take a look at the late, late game on Tuesday night. I've sorry, Monday night, Tuesday morning. I've only ever stayed up for this once, and I will never ever do it again. When you're waking up for work and there's still football being played from the night before, it is it's a slog. I, I will be at work 40 minutes into this game. <laughs> brilliant like there we get it's like when you've got the world cup on like i always remember like the 2002 world cup in korea and um japan yeah. you've just got such random times you've got football on like as you're waking up yeah and this is this is kind of that you've, you've got football as you're waking up to go to work so for any americans that are listening to the show just just spare a thought for your british because it's even late on the um on the east coast it's still it's still a really late game. 20 past 10, yeah. It's 20 past 10 at night, isn't it, in Eastern yeah. time? Exactly. So just just imagine how, how you're feeling for uh, for us British fans when when there will be some diehard Titans and Broncos fans that, that stay up for this one. Well, the Titans are East, they're East time, aren't they? Are they ET or are they Central? Couldn't tell you about guess central, but even so, that's only an hour, so it's still yeah. there, still 20 past nine kickoff. Yeah, so uh, as we know, that they finish at what half 12. Oh, yeah, 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 so they're eastern, are they? So, the, so Tennessee fans have got to be up all night long, all night long, all night, <laughs> all night. <laughs> anyway, we digress. Uh, <laughs> We have got the Tennessee Titans at the Denver Broncos. And on the Titans side of the ball, we've got Derrington Evans on the injury report. So it is all systems go for Derrick Henry. Go, go, go. And what is particularly worrying for the Broncos is that uh, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb 
Uh, Von Miller could be missing some significant time. And Bradley Chubb has fled up on the injury report this week as well. So keep an eye on him. Um, it, it could be could be a long day for the Broncos' defence. So I am firing up Derek Henry and I am firing up AJ Brown as well. AJ Brown, I think, is going to be great this season. So let's start off with a bang in week one. Johnny Smith as well. I think he's going to be sneaky underrated. He's someone similar to Blake Jarwin, who people are sleeping on. And he's going to get a massive target share. He's going to get fantasy production. And I think I've got him in my top. He's certainly in my top 10 tight ends for the season. Apply so. for me. Yeah. Uh, he, so let's let's start Johnny Smith up this week as well. So Titans, there are quite a few players. Corey Davis, no. And then I couldn't even name you anybody else that would be worth starting for, for the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. And on the other side of the ball, we have... Sorry, Ryan Tannehill, of course, the quarterback. Uh, yeah, super flex league, <laughs> quarterback too, maybe. But you, do, you just got to appreciate that Ryan Tannehill is never going to give you QB1, high QB1 upside. So there's always going to be a flaw with that running game there in Tennessee. So, sorry, there's always going to be a, a cap on the ceiling with the, the running back game there in Tennessee. So, yeah, Tannehill is a fine quarterback too in in Superflex leagues, but I am not feeling good about playing him in any other reason. Uh, so, Denver Broncos, we've got Drew Locke. Yeah, let's go. He, he finished the game out last year, but at the same time, he has also got uh, Cortland Sutton and KJ Hamler on the injury report. Uh, Cortland Sutton is trending towards being out. Uh, KJ Hamler is still like practice, so keep an eye on them. Uh, with that game being... Uh, so far in the future from now, we are we haven't seen the, the final injury designations yet. But yeah, let's fire up Jerry Judy. If if Sutton and Hamlet yeah. are missing, let's fire up Judy. Rob, I know you'll back me on that one because you've been a massive advocate of him this offseason. Oh, but yeah. they've got no fan at a tight end who I'm also starting, but they they've got they've got a few others in the receiving room that's if if Hamler and, and Sutton are out. So let's go with Jerry Judy. But it's the running back one that we really want to keep our eyes on this week. So we've got Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, and maybe Royce Freeman will get a couple of carries there. I am starting neither. I don't want any part of that this week. And again, it's another one of these where I want to see what happens in week one so that I can pop pop my way moving forwards. It could be that... Lindsay gets all of the carries apart from the ones inside the five, uh, something similar that we predict will happen in Buffalo. And it's those kind of things that make them, neither of them fantasy relevant for the entire season. So we'll look this time next week, we'll be talking about their receiving options. We'll be talking about their uh, goal line usage. We'll be talking about the, the bulk of the carries, but until we've seen that live in action, I am touching neither Philip Lindsay nor Melvin Gordon this week. And we'll probably be recording the podcast be- next week's podcast before that game's finished on Tuesday evening. <laughs> <laughs> so that concludes that concludes the the games for today <laughs> and Monday. That was good just fun. I enjoyed that. Oh, James, yes. Yeah, just to clarify something, I've been doing some research while while you were going through that game. Tennessee is one of those states that where the time zone goes through. So where where the Titans play in Nashville is actually on Central, even though part of Tennessee is in Eastern. So it's technically both answers were correct. <laughs> oh, America's <laughs> in time zones, eh? <laughs> anyway, I thought I'd clear that up before we get any any um, you. you know comments. 
Well, here's, here's a question for you. Which American state does not adopt daylight saving times? Oh, Rob knows it. James, do you want to have a guess before Rob tells? Um, no, I just want him to say it. Rob. <laughs> I, I only know this from listening to the fantasy footballers, and I know that it's Arizona. Bingo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Arizona does not adopt daylight saving times. Never. No, it just stays on the same clock. How nice. Uh, and honestly, I am an advocate of that. I believe yeah. that we should always be on British daylight, British saving BST. Summer? British summertime, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know it's daylight saving, but I'm still trying to get yeah. saving into British saving time, um, which um, seems to be our economy at the moment. That's a completely different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Let's uh, let's let's adopt British summertime as uh, let's turn that into Greenwich Mean Time. Um, yeah. Okay, so that was a tangent. Let's get on with this. <laughs> I think our time is running out. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be a podcast if there wasn't a pun in there. So we are still obviously uh, some time away from the games. Uh, we'll find out more today as America wakes up on this Saturday and then headed into Sunday as well. So make sure you keep an eye on the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Twitter at F10Y Fantasy for the latest updates. Rob, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, find me on Twitter at FFBritBaller. Um, I will be summing up all of the injuries that we've spoken about. Uh, well, not all of them, but uh, the main injuries that we've spoken about today. Um, I'm going to be writing that article tonight for it to go live tomorrow morning. Uh, and the rankings as well. Keep your eyes peeled for those because, uh, as I say, we've got a rankings team now. There's, there's at least three of us every week bringing you our consensus rankings. Uh, like I said, there's going to be some fruity ones in there. Cam Newton for me, uh, quarterback two, but that has been... Um, kind of, uh, yeah, the, the average mean brings him back down to normality uh, from the other two. So, so yeah, it's going to be consensus. That will be up on the website tomorrow morning as well. Maybe tonight. Uh, it depends uh, how much I get done tonight. But, yes, um, uh, some exciting stuff. Busy times, weekend, but football is here. Woo! Yeah, Rob wasn't actually available until he realised that he ranked Cam Newton at quarterback two. And <laughs> had to, he had to come on this podcast just to just... No, no, no. It, it, it wasn't Cam Newton. It was just Blake Jarwin. That's all I want. <laughs> Every time I come yeah. on this podcast now, it's going to be, Dave, give me some of that duck sauce drop. <laughs> and James, where can we find you on the old Twitter sphere? As always, our NFL hype train. So I'll be dealing with all the waivers and such next week. So most of my weekend will be spent... Uh, either playing Madden, which it's ironic that Blake Jarwin ended up being my tight end, um, <laughs> or otherwise getting ready and setting 35, 35, 40 teams up ready for the fantasy <laughs> mayhem that happens tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, I will be buried deep in phones, laptops, iPads, and any electronic device that I can get hold of that runs any kind of fantasy app so wish wish me luck people albeit i'm sure there are many of you listening that have think that 35 is lightweight <laughs> i certainly remember the early years of having 100 and thinking yeah oh, this is fine you know much like that meme where the house behind it is on fire <laughs> 100 wow that, that is... was my set that was when i kind of just got the book i think it was my third year of doing it but only my second year of really thinking about it and it was just one of those where it was like all those all the sites have just like draft now and it's not like a mock draft it's like you know real and i yeah. used to just do them until i ran out of slots and then i realized about two a year and a half a year two years later that you know what the best thing to do would just be to mock draft 
rather than best see how it Best ball. <laughs> and then best ball has taken over in recent years. And yeah. I don't have to worry about setting those lineups. I just have to wake up in the morning and see how terrible they all did. <laughs> I'm pretty certain that um, the team leader for our NFL retro, uh, Lawrence, I think he's got like 62 leagues or something stupid like that. Like That's just nuts. Never be able to do it. Nope. Right, well, we need to get out of here because I need to get this podcast downloaded and edited before the mighty crew Alexandra kick off their campaign in just <laughs> two and a half hours. So I've been David Davenport. You can find me on Twitter at Dav underscore F10Y. Uh, make sure you go in and follow us at F10Y Fantasy. And remember, keep those eyes peeled. been listening to the full 10 yards fantasy podcast you can find us on twitter at f10y fantasy and over on our website www.full10yards.com where we cater to all of your american football needs from nfl general fantasy football college football and even britball thanks for listening and remember folks keep those eyes peeled Full 10 Yards team is proud to present to you their 2020 NFL season guide. The boys have been working really hard this offseason to bring this to you. It's a guide of 130 pages and includes information on all 32 teams, including offseason wheeling and dealing, rookies, team and schedule information, along with fantasy football rankings and projections. It also includes a rookie's guide to American football, giving you an introduction into the game and an A to Z on some handy information and some of the penalties. But there's more. We've also got an interview with TV personality Nat Coombs, along with a view from the sideline where a fan from every team gives their thoughts on the upcoming season. We include information on how you can support the game in the UK and information on how you can follow us and our work as we aim to invest our profits to help more people become coaches or officials in the UK. When you buy this guide, we will also give you a free PDF version of the guide so you can have it with you on the go at all times. All you have to do to get your hands on one of these guides is to go to Amazon and search for the full 10 yards season guide. You're going to get the 130 page guide and you're going to get the PDF for your mobile devices all for just a one off payment of $10.99. It really is a good deal. Don't miss out. This is for everyone, whether you've been watching the NFL for 10, 20, 30 years or whether you're new to the sport and you're just picking it up. This guide is for everyone. It's got everything you need to know about all 32 teams. Well worth anyone's money. And you're putting money back into the BAFA community to help pay for coaching and refereeing courses. So there you go, folks. Go grab yourself a copy today. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And as always, keep those eyes peeled.